see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley, and today we're going remote to PMMI's annual meeting in Cincinnati to talk with PMMI Senior VP Dave Newcorn about the best way to reach today's packaging buyer. OEM Magazine Editor-in-Chief Stephanie Neal will handle the discussion on the results from our brand new buying cycle study and get Dave to offer an early look at the latest tools for navigating the multi-channel marketing landscape. I'm going to get out of the way now so they can get right to it. Take it away, Stephanie. Okay, thank you, Sean. I am here with Dave Newcorn. We're at the PMMI annual meeting in Cincinnati. And Dave has um, just had a presentation to, to talk a little bit about what's going on at PMMI Media Group. Dave, tell me about the latest buying cycle study that PMI Media Group conducted earlier this year. Uh, I would be happy to, and thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, I just came out of a, a presentation where I presented this, and I think it went over pretty well. And so, so I'd be happy to talk about the study. We did a study, it's a follow-up study to a study we did about five years ago. And this is uh, kind of a, a refresher a version of the study. Uh, a lot of the same questions, but we did slip in some new ones. This study was a two-part study. We surveyed the end use, packaging end users as well as suppliers. So two totally different studies, and they each got a different set of questions. Uh, I would like to credit Sarah Leffler on this because it was really her study. She supervised it, oversaw it, and did all the hard work of... And Sarah's role at... Sarah is the director of media innovation and marketing insights at PMMI Media Group. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, uh, so that's that's sort of a, a, an overview of the, the study. Okay. So, well, can you share some of the highlights from the end user study? I can. One of the things, uh, first of all, I'll just touch on a couple things a little bit later. I, I can give where listeners can download the full the full study. But uh, we we asked one of the questions we asked was what are the top factors in forming purchasing decisions when it comes to packaging, machinery, and materials. Far and away, number one was web search, 72%. And then trade shows and trade media were on the heels of that. The important thing about web search, everybody always thinks about they want to come up in the search results or what have you. But the, the one of the things that everybody has to keep in mind is people are going to less likely to click on you in a web search if they don't know who you are. So that's why doing a consistent branding campaign is, is really important mm-hmm. year-round so that when you do come up in the results, people are more likely to, to click on you. And, and one of the things that's related to that, a lot of uh, PMI members are smaller companies and this this makes sense but some of them are large companies that and they tend to think well people know who i am and you know we're a household name and the answer is yes but maybe they don't know what you're doing lately so there needs to be awareness at the product level at the innovation level what are you doing to innovate so mm-hmm. so those are important things to to make sure that people are clicking on you in the web search another finding was uh, and this is a question i get asked a lot is what from from a marketing content standpoint what are the most desired content types or the most frequently sought after. 
And uh, the, uh, we asked that question and the number one answer was case studies. And that's, it's a very old answer. It's always been case studies. Perhaps it will always be case studies. So it really I, highlights the importance of a case study and to have a regular process in place to constantly come up with case studies. The next highest was white papers, but quite a bit different case studies with about 67%. White papers were 47%. And in the packaging market, I know in the automation market, Stephanie, we're, we're used to covering, white papers are much more important. Mm -hmm. But in the packaging market, less so because oftentimes people, it's a tangible thing, you know, with automation or IT or insurance or healthcare, it's an intangible. But with packaging equipment, it's a tangible thing. And I just want to see a video of the machine running. So, right. uh, so that's why it's really important to focus energy on, on collecting case studies. The other thing uh, on the end user study was we asked a question about pain points. What are the biggest pain points in, in buying packaging machinery and materials? And far and away, number one thing, lack of responsiveness from the packaging salespeople, or I filled out a form on the website, I never heard back, or I, it takes too long to get to the right person, or when I do get to the right person, it takes too long to get a quote. So there's a lot of foot dragging from the, from the customer's perspective. Uh, another thing was the uh, not taking time to understand the customer's application that kind of came through mm -hmm. loud and clear. The, um, and the final thing that I wanted to touch on that I found kind of interesting, we asked a question about what are the characteristics of suppliers who won your business recently on, on a recent purchase? Uh, you know, 73% said the supplier who won demonstrated stronger knowledge of the application in our market or our, our industry. Um, and then that's a, we know that to be true. People tend to want to buy machines from people who have done solved that problem before. But the implication there is to change how you do your marketing to segment more. And so, you know, before there never, we've never had the capability before that we do now in terms of targeting and segmenting your marketing. So if you do specialize in a certain uh, niche or you've come up with a machine that you're attacking a different niche that you've got some experience with, you can now segment your marketing and talk to two different niches with two different types of messaging at an affordable way. And that was never the case. Two other things that came out of that of characteristics of suppliers who won, won the business was about 40% said the winning supplier responded more promptly. So hi highlighting the, the frustrations of those who don't or the winning supplier demonstrated stronger knowledge of our company or our application. So they took the time to understand. So sort of a mirror image of the pain points of those who don't. Was there anything that really surprised you from those results? Yeah, I, I'm surprised that the 40%, that 40% said the winning suppliers responded more promptly or demonstrated stronger knowledge because I would always think that you're going with the company whose equipment would best fit. Mm -hmm. But it's clear here that having a sales response strategy that delivers faster feedback can sway some people to reconsider reconsider you. Yeah. So from the supplier side, what were some of the interesting findings? So uh, on, on that one, uh, we asked a question by channel, uh, social email, et cetera. What, what are you doing? What, what, what kind of marketing are you doing? On the social side, not not surprisingly, everyone's doing the free stuff. So they're posting to their Facebook page and they're putting videos on YouTube and doing posts on LinkedIn. But what I like to say about that is that is not, that's a good way to reach the people who are organically subscribed to your channel. But uh, increasingly, it's really tough to reach the people in, let's say, the PMI database <laughs> that are actually, you know, potential new customers They if they're not tuned into to that. So it's all about paid on the social platforms and Everyone's doing the free stuff and only a minority are doing the paid stuff. And, and uh, so that's a bit of a disconnect. Email, similar thing. Everyone's emailing their own lists and they think they're 
you know, checking a box that counts as marketing. And that does count as marketing in the sense of marketing to your existing customer base. Very important. We know the repeat business is a huge chunk of packaging machinery, but it's not a good way to reach people who are not on your list. The other thing that I want to touch on is pain points. Uh, so we asked, what are your biggest pain points on, on, on marketing? And it was around measuring ROI and measuring uh, you know, tracking leads or attribution or ROI metrics. Uh, there's a tremendous pent up frustration about that. Of I do all this marketing, it's hard to track the results. And um, so we are, PMMI Media, Media Group, we are working on solving this problem. It's a difficult problem to solve. It's not an easy problem. It will never be 100%, but this is something that we're taking very seriously to, to try to address. Another huge pain point is creating relevant content. Just content creation is a huge pain point. And related to that is just the sense of that marketers are just spread too thin. There's just not enough people or budget to do the things they, they know they need to do. So you mentioned that ROI, tracking ROI is mm -hmm. a pain point. Mm -hmm. Was that part of the study? Uh, the state of marketing automation and how people are tracking ROI? Or yes, it, it, it was. The uh, we, we, in fact, there's two ways to track it with modern tools. One is through marketing automation software. One is through how you have your CRM configured. So we did ask some questions about that. And we asked on CRM, first of all, Salesforce, not surprisingly, is far and away the number one CRM. About 40% of respondents use that. The next biggest one is Microsoft Dynamics, but that's only at 7%. Hmm. So, so, and then it's like a lot of, you know, 2%, 3%, have uh, don't use CRM and have no plans to. In terms of marketing automation, about half of respondents do use marketing automation. And of those who do, Pardot, which is the Salesforce offering, is the number one at 16%. HubSpot is the next one at 5%. What's interesting is that marketing automation is not the panacea that people have hoped it would be, only 35% in the survey said they were satisfied or somewhat satisfied with their marketing automation. Although to be fair, half of them reported they're still in the implementation phase. But I find that whole thing kind of interesting because these systems are not, are not new. They've been around for years now and mm -hmm. it's, it's they are sort of living up to their promise, kind of, but not as much as, as, as people had hoped. Uh, we had asked some questions about tracking conversions. Uh, so this gets to your question about ROI and tracking. So we, we uh, only about half of respondents track whether a sales qualified lead converts into a sale and only 36% track when a marketing qualified leads lead converts into a sales qualified hmm. lead. So only about a third basically track the number of leads at each stage in the pipeline. So wow. there's a lot, a lot, a lot of room to, to, to go. Yeah. yeah. I want to move on and talk about some digital marketing trends. So, but is there a a place that listeners can get the full report? Yes, there is. They can go to PMMIMediaGroupResearch.com mm -hmm. and download it. And there's a very short form. You can fill it out. And uh, there's three studies, an end-user study, a supplier study. Uh, uh, there's two end-user studies, one on machinery, one on materials, and a supplier study. And what we touched on in this podcast is just the tip of the iceberg. There's lots more. It's chock full of charts, graphs, insights, great yeah. information. Okay. So let's go right into your wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. What are some of the trends you're seeing with digital marketing these days, Dave? So the biggest trend that I am seeing this year is the email channel is under siege. It is an embattled channel. More, you know, as more and more companies start to take cybersecurity more seriously, they're installing firewalls. Uh, email firewalls are one of the things that they do is they click on every email that comes in. So if I send us an email to Stephanie Neal, the firewall will click on it, open it and click on it. And to our systems, it looks like Stephanie Neal opened mm -hmm. and clicked. And it's really frustrating. <laughs> so it's frustrating yeah. to everybody. Uh, so we've been working on rewriting our software to 
study patterns in machine clicking and, and filter that stuff out. And it's, it's, you never get a hundred percent of it. And we've gotten about 80% of it now, but we're, we're trying to get that last 20% and it's really hard. Um, and this is not just a problem with PMI media group. This is every email service provider is struggling with this. I think we noticed it more because of, we're really looking at names of people who are clicking. We share contact information. And when you see Stephanie Neal clicking on every advertiser's campaign across every, you know, it's, it can't be, can't be real. So, so that's one trend that, and, and, and marketers who are sort of, you know, email has been a great channel. I don't think it's ever going to go away, but there, there, uh, I think too many marketers just are focused on email. And the, the problem with email is I can guarantee you when you send an email, a marketing message, I can guarantee 80% of the people will never see it and maybe more. And that's of course the open rate. Uh, so it's really important to embrace a multi-channel strategy. We have started to see people diversify away from email or expand other channels. I'm very excited about our, our offerings on Facebook right now. Uh, so that's one product that uh, we've introduced in the last couple of years. And we are finding that the now we've got a couple of years of Facebook campaigns under our belt. Uh, we have found that I would say 1% to 3% is about typical click-through rate on Facebook. 5%, not unusual. And I have personally, I have seen campaigns as high as 8%. Mm-hmm. You compare that with email, we're seeing half of a percent maybe. Mm-hmm. So we're just seeing just much more engagement, you know, 4x engagement on, on Facebook. And people have said, you know, I hate Facebook or men aren't on Facebook or engineers aren't, you know, or yeah. people don't check Facebook during the day. And it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I hate it too. But all the, fa- <laughs> all the data suggests they're there and they're clicking. And, right. and these are not random people on the Internet. These are people in our database that we're mapping and reaching through through Facebook. Um, before we move on to to highlight some of the new products out of PMI Media Group, is there anything else in terms of, of the trends you're seeing beyond the uh, firewall clicks and the Facebook? Yes, we we did a study. We wanted to see, is there any kind of correlation between companies who run advertising with us and leads that they get at their booth at the show? And so we have all the data. We just needed to crunch it. So for months on uh, correlating all kinds of things, uh, and we were able to analyze by uh, in aggregate, but also by hall and even section of hall, you know, got very granular companies who, who advertise versus who, those who did not. And across on the aggregate, we found that companies who did advertise year round got 56% more leads on average at their booth than those who did not. And that just speaks to the importance of these huge trade shows. You can't walk up and down the aisles. I mean, you, you kind of have to be on their dance card ahead of time. You can't just leave it to chance. So we now have data to support that. And that's very exciting. Okay, great. I know uh, one of your main responsibilities is new product development. Yep. So what are you cooking up at PMG? So a couple things. Uh, we actually uh, uh, just launched some new websites. So that's very exciting. The sites that we have retired were eight years old. So a little bit long in the tooth. So the new ones are mobile friendly. They're faster uh, or more, more mobile friendly, I should say. We're also launching in January 2020. We're launching new newsletters designs that are more mobile friendly. Uh, so we are we're excited about that. We've launched a new brand, Mundo PMMI. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a digital brand and it's a multi-channel brand. It's not except for print. Uh, so you can reach people in Latin America, either in advance of Expo Pack or year round. You can reach them by email. You can reach them by Facebook, reach them through ads on the website. And uh, we've also introduced a couple of tools to make it easier for our customers to understand some of our products. Uh, we've introduced a um, product hub, for lack of a better word. Um, and our listeners can can check it out. It's hub.pmmimediagroup.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really easy way to explore our products. And you just check a box of what your marketing goals are. And it instantly shows you the products that will help uh, achieve that goal. 
And then we've got some cool dashboards that you can actually check out our audiences at a very niche granular level. And we've got this other thing called the PMI Media Group Innovation Lab, mm -hmm. which is constantly working on expanding channels beyond Facebook. A lot of other great channels out there, so we're looking at You know, Dave, I know a lot of PMI members and exhibitors regularly use Game Plan to drive booth traffic and second look to move the needle post-show. Is there anything new with these products? There is a little bit new. Uh, we're adding some new product categories. We're adding um, packaging plant processes to Game Plan and Second Look. So that's very exciting. Uh, so if you're any kind of targeting any kind of bulk packaging operation, we had bulk already under machinery, but we're also adding it at plant process level, which will rope in more people. Canning lines, if you want to target people who have canning lines, cold chain packaging for the healthcare people. But we're actually shifting protective and transport packaging over to, to this uh, people who regularly use any kind of protective transport packaging. We're very excited about being able to, and there's a lot of PMI members and non-members alike who are want to reach this important segment. Okay. Well, we're, we are running out of time. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know? Yes. There is one new thing and it's brand new. We are coming out with a, a marketing conference in Chicago in May, uh, which I know that's when Interpac is, so we have to kind of figure that out. I don't even have a name of it, but but it'll be great. We'll have outside speakers. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit, but it'll also be a chance for peers to share best practices. Uh, some of the best marketers and packaging are, are uh, will be right there and you can people can learn. And I, it'll be very affordable. Uh, so we really encourage uh, anybody to uh, look for announcements on that. We're very excited. Excellent. Good news. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah. joining us. Sure. And um, I'm, sure, I, I'm sure our listeners are going to have a lot of new information that they yeah. can draw from. Thank That's you, Dave. Fun. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.